You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner time. Negative Nancy. Nick, how you doing, man? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Weekend, uh, spending at the ballpark. Um, watch number one Tennessee come in and, and smack the Gators around for three games. Mm. Um, I bet that made Florida you happy. Swept. Florida swept at home for the first time since 2013. Uh, that was Florida Gulf Coast who swept Florida then. Uh, but that 2012 team was like Brian Johnson, all those guys, they got drafted in 2012. So Florida didn't have a lot of guys left on that 2013 team. Hmm. I, got more, I got more takes about it. I didn't watch the game, but I seen the shenanigans in the aftermath of that, that, that series. Yeah, that that tweet went went a little wild. Um, so Tennessee Tennessee chartered a flight from Knoxville to Gainesville. Um, Florida buses them back from the newly named Condren Ballpark. Meanwhile, my gosh, Gary Condren gives eight million dollars to put his name on the stadium, and the team responds by getting five hits in the first two games and losing all three. Mm. I asked for the money back. Excuse me. I don't think they'll be doing uh, that. Yeah, no refund. Yeah. Refunds. Yeah, non Once that once that credit card transaction swipes on that Amex Centurion card, it's it's in. You break, you buy. <laughs> yeah, you break, you, break, you <laughs> buy. <laughs> um, oh man, so Tennessee Tennessee goes back to the swamp to shower before they charter back to Knoxville, uh, and and a couple of those boys found some white helmets. The the funny thing is. The helmets that they took, and I don't know if the helmets were locked up or left laying out, those are the only helmets that Florida wore in the last 17 years uh, for a loss to Tennessee. So they found hmm. the one helmet that Tennessee has had success against the Gators when the Gators were wearing it. Um, but, yeah, that rubbed, people, so rubbed some people the wrong way. I on, thought it was goofy. I didn't, I didn't think it was like, like a, a troll on us. I was thinking, like, I would never want Gators to put on Tennessee shit. Right. Right? Like, what's the joke? You putting on the Florida helmet? I don't get how that's a troll, bro. You putting on our equipment. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I, I mean, I kind of took it days. as, like, we beat you, and now we're wearing, like, we've got your stuff, too. Now, if they were urinating also, it, then, okay, then, Nick, then it's a little disrespectful. Yeah, or like, stomping yeah. on no, it yeah. or right. whatever. Like, they urinate in it? Did you say they peed in it? No, yeah, they didn't disrespect. They should have. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, they wore it and took selfies. I don't know what these new kids got going on, but that's not like anything uh, disrespectful to me. It just looked goofy. All right, Gen Z, let us know. Uh, was that a fire TikTok or not? Right. Harris. I can assure you that it was not. Right. Okay. 
let me let me tell you what I, I i had a bachelor party to go to don't have a lot left right um don't have a lot left in me but let alone uh, a lot more bachelor parties left so i uh, was up in atlanta got the chance to uh to play uh, golf at the piedmont driving club which is a beautiful course up there um but i you know, went to the braves game went out had a had a great time while we were up there um but one of the really cool things about it is so my buddy Nick, he went to Georgia Tech and he's kind of a he's got a lot of friends that have accomplished a lot. And they're, they're really cool, um, really cool people. Um, but to my surprise, on Friday at dinner, uh, we're sitting down and um, a guy named Graham introduces himself and, and sits kind of at the end of the table on uh, the opposite side of me. And my buddy Nick taps me on the shoulder. He's like, oh, yeah, that's the uh, athletic director for Clemson. Uh, which is just wild. So Graham just took over for the old AD that left to, to Miami. So I uh, got the chance to sit down with Graham after at a bar and kind of picked each other's brains for a while. He had some questions about the collective and our podcast and stuff. And I got to pick his brain about a lot of stuff going on in Clemson. I was able to te- text Nick a, a few things that I may or may not heard from that conversation. Um, but um, really just in, 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 yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you it's, after. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a little allegedly. bit more of Nick's alley. Yeah, it was all a legend. Um, I like, but, um, but no, just a a, a really great guy, really cool guy. Um, very down to earth, but it was funny. We were at the bar. Um, and if you know Buckhead, we were at this place called five paces, which is not a place that adults should be, uh, let alone the athletic director for Clemson. But there was a kid wearing a, uh, that, a a black polo and it had that script Carolina on it. Um, he walked up to him. He's like, Hey man, I just think your shirt looks really sharp. Like I said, nicest guy in the world. There was in fact, like articles written about him, uh, like right after he took the job saying is, is Graham Neff too nice to be the Clemson athletic director? And, um, but he walked up and, you know, was like, Hey, you know, I really like your shirt. And the guy's like, Oh, are you like, you know, did you go to South Carolina? Are you a fan? He's like, no, I actually, you know, work at Clemson and they just chatted for, you know, 10, 15 seconds and moved on. Well, the kid, you know, standing next to me and he's like, Oh, do you guys like all know each other from Clemson or like, what's your connection? I was like, no, like I went to UF, all these guys went to Georgia tech. He's like, you know, what does he do for, for Clemson in the athletic department? I was like, Oh yeah, he's the athletic director. And you would have thought that these kids saw Jesus. Um, they, the idea of having drinks and everything else at the bar with uh, the Clemson athletic director was really cool, but, uh, really, you know, down to earth guy, great, uh, great weekend came back yesterday, uh, early afternoon. And then I saw, uh, Nate Bargazzi, who's a comedian, um, last night here in Tampa, uh, really oh, great hilarious show. Guy. Um, absolutely hysterical. Um, his stand up is, is all brand new. So if you've seen him on Netflix and everything else, it's all brand new. So, um, I, I'd, I'd found him during COVID. So it was really cool to uh to see him perform so otherwise just a a weekend for the uh for the record books hmm. that's cool so how was your weekend i wasn't rolling show rubbing he, shoulders he mostly with the, clean uh, yeah he's all clean he's clean i remember watching him i think like you said during covid and thinking man he is for a clean comic, hilarious. Like, doesn't curse, doesn't do anything like that. Yeah, I don't. It, in a, in a, it's not a religious thing. You're not. I, I mean, I don't know what his religion, free. you know, you know, background is, or if he's, you know, church or whatnot. But no, it's not a. Uh, it's not like a, a Christian comic or anything else. He just, just, yeah, doesn't curse. Um, he's like the Will Smith of comedy. He doesn't have to curse in his raps to sell. Yeah, curse. except I don't think his wife's cheating on him with half the block. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Sinbad <laughs> uh, is, is another uh, legend that uh, a comic that didn't curse. Sinbad got some joints, man. That's one of the, one of the comics my grandmother used to let me watch yeah. at, at her crib. Uh, if you haven't checked Sinbad's old shit, check his up. I don't think so, Nick. 
No? Yeah, you missed that one. Probably it was like a baseball game or something. But, yeah, Sinbad definitely passed away. Rest in peace, man. No, no, I think Sinbad's still alive. 65 years old. Hey, yeah. Take him back yeah. up. Take him back up, so. <laughs> take him back up, so. <laughs> I thought Sinbad. I got, I got mixed up with Heavy D. <laughs> I can I can see how you can uh, you can confuse it too. Soak's like slide disrespectful yeah. too. Like, no, nah, you missed that. You're probably the ball game or something. I'm like, no, he's still alive. <laughs> nah, nah, I, thought you, I, I, I damn sure thought he passed away, man. So uh, welcome back to life, Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your weekend? I saw you had some events at the Kush out. It looked really cool. Yeah, man, we had Kush House Fest. Uh, shout out to my man Lucas Scott Walker, Gainesville native. Uh, he did the two big song. I think a couple years ago, mm -hmm. uh, super talented guy. Uh, we threw the Kush House Fest together in Orlando. Uh, we had about 20 artists from around the state pull up on us, uh, everywhere from Tallahassee, Tampa, Miami, West Palm, Jacksonville, uh, Melbourne, you name it. They all pulled up, some very talented people. Um, just a really good time. We had some painters, did some live painting with JJ the Artist, uh, Darby. Um, I dropped my uh, Kush House clothing line. It was, good. It was a fe festive weekend, man. That's um, awesome, man. Good time at the Kush House. So if y'all don't, y'all haven't checked out Lucas Skywalker, man. Check out, follow him on, on all social media and check him out on YouTube. Uh, does a wide variety of different music from, you know, um, a little metal, a little rap, whatever you're looking for, man. Very talented guy out of Gainesville. But that, that was my weekend, just kicking it at work, man. But it was didn't feel like work, but it was work, just kicking it. That's awesome, man. Well, we got a, uh, a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to bring Darren Heitner on. Um, the Gators announced the, uh, um, a, a new NIL collective called the Gator Guard. Going to talk to him a little bit about that. Uh, talk to him a little bit about NIL just in general and, and kind of the state of, of where we are almost a year later. Um, but before we get into Darren and a few other things going on, I do want to talk about uh, Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. Alan Horn is a State Farm agent in Jasper, Georgia that specializes in auto home renters life business insurance and retirement planning in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee. Check them out at allenhorninsurance.com or give them a call at 706-692-2888. Again, allenhorn, that's H-O-R-N-E, insurance.com, 706-692-2888. And want to say congratulations to Alan. Texted us yesterday that he got engaged this weekend. The boy was on proposal watch and he came through. He fully committed. That's right. So Nick is the next one uh, on the you list. Watch. Um, you been on the watch, man. You've been on the watch longer than um, McLean, man. You don't commit watch? <laughs> Nick, you're, you're muted, on, man. Yeah, yeah I know you, you want to be you muted, left him speechless. You got, you left I know you want to be muted, Nick, but you got to talk right now. What's up, man? <laughs> he cut off his camera now. I got to get out of here. <laughs> Right, nah, Darren Heitner is he on, is he in the green room yet? Yeah, Darren Heitner is here. Nick, you are hey, saved perfect. by you are saved by the bell. Uh, and with that, we do want to welcome Darren Heitner to I believe the third or fourth time he's been on Stadium and Gale with Heitner Law. Uh, you know him uh, from Twitter. You know him as a adjunct professor at UF, and you know him as uh, one of the architects behind Florida's NIL law. Darren, how are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you all? Good man, good. Darren, they were walk, they were walking me to the altar. Thank you for showing up uh, and saving me from that conversation. Anytime. 
Uh, Nick's been on proposal watch for about three years now. So um, Darren wanted to uh, chat with you about a number of things, obviously NIL, but before uh, we get into that, do want to um, talk to you a little bit about the Gator Guard. You were um, on the scoop and, and helped um, solidify uh, the new Gator Guard, which is a new NIL collective for the University of Florida. Um, wanted to just chat and kind of learn a little bit more about uh, who Gator Guard is, is going to be going after and, and kind of what their place is in uh, the University of Florida um, NIL marketplace, if you will. Yeah, it happened real fast. Um, I think it began at the beginning of last week. I got a call from Hugh Hathcock, who introduced himself in that first call. We had never spoken before. And uh, he definitely let me know about that very generous donation he had recently previously made to the university, that $12.6 million to the athletic department. Um, but we got to talking about beyond just what he and his colleagues could do for the athletic department to NIL and you know whether or not Florida was competitive enough, but that wasn't even sufficient. It was to be a complete leader, to be at the top of the pack. And so we got to talking, brainstorming what that would look like, including just spitballing names. I and mean, we didn't actually come up with the Gator guard name until the night before he started hitting the ground running and, and raising money. So I think I woke up the next day. It was it was Wednesday or Thursday. I'm forgetting now. But um, I spoke with Hugh again. We resolved on the Gator guard name. And then, uh, you know, right away, he's like, well, I've got two other people to join me. We're each putting in a million dollars. So there's three million right there. He's like, can you get something out there? And I was like, absolutely. Let's let's talk about what that messaging should be. And maybe it took us a, a minute or two, and then he said, click send. And so then it was out there on Twitter and just spreading like like wildfire. Um, I headed out of the office to a lunch meeting, and I think within the next 15, 30 minutes, he texts me and calls me saying, we got another million. And then another 10, 15 minutes later, calls me again and says, we got another million. We got five. Wow. Um, but, but what is it all about? I mean, it's, it, it, the intention of Gator Guard is to live harmoniously with the Gator Collective, whereas the Gator Collective is for every single fan to contribute money monthly or annually and have a subscription to access various content, have opportunities for in-person appearances, so on and so forth. I think a lot of your listeners know what the Gator Collective is all about. This is a bit different. It's supposed to be a very small, exclusive group of high net worth individuals, each pooling uh, or providing money above a certain threshold um, and strictly for NIL purposes. And to supplement what the Gator Collective has already accomplished thus far, uh, it is not at all intended to compete whatsoever, uh, but this is really for that really small network of very influential high net worth people who had traditionally supported the university and the athletic department and will continue to do so. Uh, but Hugh leading this effort, just asking more and more of those people to put in money on an annual basis. Is it, is it working um, kind of with the collective? I understand that, you know, now with NIL, um, a lot of these people, especially the you know the bigger donors, are used to sending money either to UF boosters or to UF, and now there's kind of 
different, maybe even competing hands inside the university is just kind of working with the collective in terms of, hey, this is how we can affect NIL. Very much so. Um, you know, Eddie was very involved as soon as I got the first call from Hugh. And we wrestled with whether or not this should actually be created within the scope of Gator Collective or be this sort of separate organization that just works very closely. And we resolved, at least for the time being, of the, uh, the latter, that it would be um, you know, a separate entity that does work very cohesively and in conjunction with the Gator Collective. Um, and so not competitive whatsoever and perhaps even some money going from one entity to the other, probably Gator Guard to Gator Collective. Um, and uh, they are, Hugh and Eddie and Jed and everyone else involved in Gator Collective, I'm sure they're continuously in conversation to figure out how they can help each other out. I have an echo on my side. Yeah, just a small yeah, echo. Um, Darren, while you're you're taking a look at that, um, has the Gator Guard announced kind of what their NIL process is is going to be to to compensate, not necessarily in dollars, but you know, obviously the Gator Collective has done access with interviews and events and things of that nature. Is the Gator Guard going to be doing similar? Yeah, look, I mean, importantly, uh, Hugh, just like Eddie uh, at the Gator Collective, absolutely wants to be above board. Uh, not to play in the gray and follow the, the edicts of the NCAA and its, its very basic NIL regulations and also obviously follow the law of the state of Florida as well. So you're absolutely going to see quid pro quo in every single situation wherever money is being offered to a player. Um, and whereas other groups around the country may be dangling a carrot and offering money to players before they're committed, that's not going to be the case here. Perfect. Um, and then, Darren, I want to just kind of ask, you know, last couple of questions here. I want to ask the state of NIL. We're about a year into it. Um, obviously, I know that there was a, a special or there was uh, the legislative session that passed. Uh, no changes were made to the law. But in your opinion, how do you think the state of Florida sits right now? I guess compared to the law that was originally drafted and, and kind of the intents of what you guys wanted out of the law and where we're at now. And then how do you compare that to some other you know, states that maybe have a little bit um, more, I guess, liberal legislation on on what's allowed and what's what's not. And I don't mean liberal as in Republican or as in Democrat, but um, maybe just a little bit looser in terms of what they allow. Well, first of all, audio check. Is this better? Yeah, much better. All right. Awesome. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, it's so interesting going back to um, the tail end of 2019 now, and us in Florida being a leader in drafting legislation, which, you know, it changed a lot from when it was first drafted and mm -hmm. other bells and whistles were put in that now, you know, after the NCA came in June 30, 2021, and issued its very bare bones interim NIL policy, which, by the way, 10 months later is still the same exact. So I don't know how mm -hmm. interim it is. Um, it, it was it was a lot less in terms of regulation and prohibitions than what we have in Florida. And many other states followed our lead and basically drafted similar legislation, some going further. Texas, South Carolina are a couple of states that have even more what I would call oppressive regulations. But 
Yeah, you look at what Alabama did, completely repealing its NIL law because it found that it had a disadvantage compared to schools and states that don't have any NIL law, compared to states that maybe have lesser restrictions. And then you look more recently, states like Mississippi, and I believe Tennessee being the latest to alter their own laws, to loosen it up a bit, scale back. And there was an attempt this year in Florida. Uh, Chip Lamarca, who sponsored the original legislation, sponsored a piece of legislation this year that would have removed the prohibition on schools and athletic departments from causing compensation for athletes. And it never even reached the floor. Mm. The, the House Speaker decided it just was not a priority and maybe even was against it altogether. I'm not sure. So our legislative session is done. I mean, we just had a, leg- mm-hmm. a special session in Florida to repeal Disney's tax exemption. Right. Um, and I did not come up uh, for anyone who was thinking that. Way. So, yeah, nothing's going to change, I don't think, until yeah. perhaps the beginning of next year. And maybe that does provide the schools in the state a little bit of a disadvantage. But then you look at what's being accomplished with the Gator Collective, with Gator Guard, and I think we'll be okay. Darren, where does your opinion fall there um, when it comes to schools being able to um, serve as middlemen or intermediaries in in securing NIL contracts and deals for players? I think there's a reason why we don't see it. I mean, so think about the half of the states that don't have an NIL law on the books. And even think about the schools in Alabama now. Are you seeing or hearing any deal-making any procurement of opportunities by the schools themselves? And the answer is no. Uh, I think there were some whispers early on, or not even early on, but some time ago when Ohio State came out with some sort of press release indicating almost that it seemed as though the school would get more involved, but I haven't seen that specifically. So I think schools are looking at it and talking internally to their compliance departments, talking internally to their lawyers, and assessing whether the, in, the enhanced exposure and increased potential liability is worth it. And the answer, I believe, is a resounding no. And that's true for with regard to a lot of athletic directors that I've spoken with across the country who said, even if we're in a state that currently doesn't allow for us to cause compensation, if that changes, we're not going to cause compensation. We're going to be hands off. We'll provide contact information to brands if they want it. We'll help with group licensing. Uh, by partnering with third-party brands for the purpose of selling jerseys with player names, et cetera. But we don't want to be out there on the path and reaching out to Gatorade, Jordan brand, et cetera, and saying, hey, sponsor this athlete or that athlete, because it just invites unnecessary exposure. And also, I don't think the NCAA would look too fond of the that. What do you think, uh, uh, speaking of the NCAA, how do you think they view people like guys like Ruiz uh, and the way they, they kind of conduct themselves kind of like a general manager, the way they uh, communicate on social media? What do you think the NCAA um, would do in situations like that or how would they will uh, step in? Well, would, it, would, it, would they at all? I don't know. Yeah. When it comes to the NCAA, I always am fearful to speculate or make any assumptions because it seems like the NCAA always zags when you think it will zig. Um <laughs> You know, and, and just because the NCAA has done nothing over 10 months with regard to enforcement, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden it won't try to make an example out of somebody. And it, it could very well 
be the, the specific circumstance that you mentioned. I mean, I'm sure that the NCA in Indianapolis is watching every single thing that's occurring um, and may try to poke holes and make determinations that some deal making is improper and unethical and against their rules. And if that does occur, yeah, you could see certain players be punished. I mean, nothing's going to happen to like a John Rees or to Aspire Sports out in Tennessee or any of these entities who are out there or individuals who are doing these deals, unless they're violating state laws, which I don't believe that they are. The concern is if there's a violation of the NCAA rules and regulations, who's going to get hurt? It's the athlete Mm -hmm. and perhaps the school. But the biggest uh, the biggest risk is to the athlete. And so I hope that the athletes are definitely conducting their diligence and making sure that every single contract and offer is above board. Because, you know, I know you mentioned Ruiz, but I think the biggest example, if the NCAA is going to put its foot down, I think that's the Tennessee deal with Nika. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the agreement may say this isn't an inducement, but that doesn't matter. The kid wasn't committed yet. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're going to offer the kid, and I, I shouldn't even call him a kid, but if you're going to offer an athlete you know, a huge guarantee upon signing and then upwards of $8 million throughout the term of his enrollment and he's not yet committed and he has to perform all these deliverables and obligations in a specific jurisdiction and to the benefit of a specific university, you can call it whatever you want. I think we can all make our own assumptions as to what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren, I, I've got a question on that. Um, have we yet run into a, an incident around the country, and I, I haven't followed closely enough, where a player has signed a contract and um, did the deliverables what maybe wasn't given you know, full payment um, and had to, to sue or bring about any sort of legal action against a, a collective or an entity that, that maybe promised something and wasn't able to deliver? Because I, I feel like we might be seeing some of that in the not too distant future. I just wasn't sure if it happened yet. Not yet, at least not to my knowledge. Um, and every lawsuit filing is, is a public document. Um, it's a bit hard sometimes to track them across the country. It's easier when these filings are made in federal court, um, much more difficult to find state by state circuit court but um i would think that it would be exposed and i haven't seen it yet although that's not all that surprising either number one if it's a small potato deal and there's a breach it's usually not worth it to either the brand or the athlete to file suit Mm -hmm. um but all that said i have the full expectation that within the next few years we will see litigation in this space and It will be very interesting if, let's say, it's a collective that offers eight figures to an athlete and just doesn't have the money to pay it when it's due. What's the athlete going to do? I I would think the athlete is going to sue. And one thing that I've asked and and wondered is, are the athletes considering going beyond just contracting with the collective? um, Or I I guess it doesn't really matter as much with, with solidified brands, but let's stick on collectives. Are they also asking for personal guarantees from the people behind it? Mm. Because while the collective may not have assets, a lot of the people who are involved in these collectives do have deep pockets. Mm-hmm. And so by putting personal guarantees in these contracts, they would, put, they would add clauses that provide some safety if, in fact, the deal goes awry. 
Yeah, that was just going to be my next question, and and maybe final question here is: um, Are the the collective set up? And I'm I'm talking just in generalities here. Are a lot of them set up just as individual LLCs, or are there would there be an opportunity to go after the individual you know members or or leaders of that uh, collective group where where those that are donating or those that are you know leading the organization would be exposed? Yeah, by and large, these collectives are being set up as for-profit or not-for-profit entities. And so I think it would be rather challenging for an athlete to pierce the corporate veil and go after the individuals who are a part of it, unless we're talking about an instance where somebody at the collective committed fraud, or it's really a collective that only a single person has created and is backing and you'd argue that it's an alter ego. But otherwise, as I mentioned before, unless there's some sort of personal guarantee in the language of the agreement, I think it would probably be rather difficult for the athlete to pierce the corporate veil and go after the individuals. Interesting. Uh, Nick Silk, got any final questions or else we'll let let Darren go. I know that he's got a a newborn, so congratulations to you, my friend, and um, we'll let you run. What do you rank before you get out here? What do you rank? Uh, where we at now with the the new collective with the uh, with the guard and them joining the Gator Collective and everything we got going? Um, from a, from a Gator perspective, what do you rank us amongst uh, the top NIL programs around the country? It's a great question because if you asked me that question two weeks ago, I'd say we've done a tremendous job of as being a first. You know, in terms of a state where we were a first to have a July 1, 2021 effective date for NIL and having a lead there, being a first and creating a collective. I mean, understand the reason why all these groups are called collectives is because we decided to call our organization Gator Collective. So we were a first there too. I think though, with time, even though Eddie and his crew have done a tremendous job in getting thousands of subscribers and I think roughly $500,000 annualized through subscriptions, you know, we have to be we have to be honest and realize that others out there at other schools have raised a lot of money, a lot more than five hundred thousand. So two weeks ago, I'd say we're competitive. Now, I'd say we're at the top. It's uh, <clears throat> amazing what, what those kind of deep pockets can do in, in, in such a short amount of time. Um it is it is interesting. I never thought of it that way, though. You know, the Gator Collective was kind of first, and, and that was because uh, as the NCAA not only dragged their feet but went kicking and screaming to Congress and then ultimately, you know, threw their hands up in the air and said it's up to the states. Florida was, you know, one of those first early adopters, and I think Florida did a good job uh, with Eddie and yourself and Jen to um, kind of kick off the Gator Collective. And I'm looking at a site now and – looking through all of these different ones and, and man, like George Grambling has the icon collective, um, you know, Indiana, Kansas, like there's just, everyone has something now. And it's, it's just funny to hear you say, you know, they're called collectives because the Gator collective was first. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what is a collective? <laughs> I, I bet like <laughs> at least half, half the groups out there probably didn't never even like look up the definition of a collective. They just, decided to be a collective because of what we started in Gainesville. So it's pretty interesting. That's awesome. Michigan won't like it, but the the leaders and the best. There you go. Put that on on the Gator Collective. That's right. That's right. Well, Darren, we appreciate your time, my friend. Best of luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, y'all. Take care. Thanks. I didn't even think about that, that the Gator Collective was the first. Now you have all these other collectives. They're all just, just thieving, you know? 
I like them. So I'm going through on threes. They have a uh, a guide to nil collectives. Um, I like Memphis's. Um, oh shoot, I lost it. What do you, what do you like about it? Memphis is called the 901 Fund. You just, you just like the name. Top. I just like the name. That's it. I, I bring no other. I bring <laughs> no other intelligent conversation to the table. Just, I like uh, the name. I like it. Miami had to bring back the U, but I thought the U was back. The U's like, always back every year on social media during the offseason. They got Jorge Masvidal as one of the founders for bringing back the U. So I got nothing what you, bad what you guys, What are you guys' opinion on uh, what we do in NIL-wise? This, this was a big announcement. Um, and shout out to that guy, man. I had no idea he was following me on Twitter. I was like, bro, I got wealthy-ass people following me. I need to follow these type people back, bro. Huge. Yeah, shout out yeah. to him, man. But um, what do you guys think about that news? I thought that was that was huge. I want to see how how it like translate to the trail mm-hmm. and even the players on campus, what type of deals and, and how how this all works out. But I think it's great news. I think the Gator Collective was great, and it, it was a it's a grassroots movement. It's, it is, and so, still it still is. It is, great, it is, right? it is. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's still, <laughs> it, it's hey for the price of you know uh, a Starbucks latte, you can get access to content from the guys that previously you only saw on TV. It gets pay, uh, players paid. Um, but like, like, like uh, Darren said, you know, if they've annualized 500,000, like that's cool. Um, Miami's that billionaire that just gave a basketball player a two year, $400,000 a year contract in a car, mm-hmm. essentially. So like the Gator collective as great as it is, and they've been great with us um, on on. Uh, I can't on my wait to all this got to get paid, man. This is that's gonna be the best mm-hmm. part when they, when they actually got to pay. It sounds fun to announce, but yeah. when these players start bumming out, you got to give them four or five hundred thousand dollars for essentially nothing at all. Getting um, you know four point six points off the bench. Hey, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that forty five thousand dollars yeah. check, homie. Yeah, that's the thing. Like all this stuff sounds good, but I want to see them, all these big deals paid out, and then we'll, we'll re- revisit all these deals in the future. In the future, but I'm not. I'm not buying a four hundred thousand dollars for a guy that's, that's getting those type of stats, man. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, oh, I yeah, no. That was funny that Nick Saban. Um, remember before last year, he's like, "Yeah, Bryce Young uh, got a million dollar name image likeness deal, and, and was using it as a recruiting tool." One year later. Uh, and he's like, you know what? This is out of control. We need <laughs> legislation. I'm like, yeah, oh, weird. Oh, weird. You, you're the highest paid public servant. I'm not Nick. State of if Alabama. Nick tells you something, I'm telling you something, Nick. Uh, you should listen to Nick. <laughs> Nick's talking. Uh, about whenever Nick say something, no. Whenever he say something, he's been right. Whenever he say something, you guys need to fix something. And if we don't fix it, or the people don't fix it, he just go take advantage of it, like he's doing the portal now. He told everybody this is free agency. This is a bad idea. Now look what he's doing. Nick Saban goes. Nick Saban when it came He's up, picking he picking roster. He, he low key picked George's roster. Nobody even talked mm-hmm. about that really. He but had he the most badass savage, like low key. He they asked him about the portal, and he was like, "I don't think we're going to lose any of our good players, and I think we'll get some other some of these other good players to come to our school." And I was like, "Yeah," oh, and then he goes and gets man. Jamar Gibbs. Right. Yeah, right. he's just like Nick Saban's <laughs> like, hey, who was that all ACC running back? Like, let's just, yeah. Does he want to play he's for us? The Louisville wide receiver. Like, he's just plugging the best, fastest players around the country. Like, it's nothing. Man. But on the NL front, there's like, so Darren was talking about Florida wanting to do things above board. There's stuff like Florida needs money in a war chest. And Billy, Billy Neighbors called it a war chest. And that's mm-hmm. not to go get recruits, that's to keep guys on your roster because don't mm-hmm. don't don't think that's this a is tra- happening. The recruits are oh, watching though 
other other schools are are going through back channels and talking to people, players on rosters, and saying, "Hey, if you hit the portal, we can give you this in an NIL deal." And now you've got players on Florida's roster, Florida State, Miami, maybe not Florida State's roster. You got players on good rosters who are getting calls from other schools and saying, "Listen, if you transfer to our school, we can give you this six-figure NIL deal." And it's, and you've got one year left. Like someone called Jervon Dexter and said, "Hey." You got one year before you're going to hit the draft. Come play it here. This is what we can do for you NIL-wise. And, and schools and now, not schools, but coaches and, and collectives are trying to figure out how, how much money do we have to have just to keep the guys that are on our team. Right. Well, and I, I think the biggest thing, and I want to talk a little bit about um, – the, the Tampa Gator event with Billy Napier here in a few minutes, but I was talking to my buddy Derek uh, after the event and, and the, the answer that, that in my opinion is you never have enough money, right? There's, there's always going to be somebody that is going to bid more than you think somebody is worth. Right. And if you don't believe me, just look at the job market, right? Like you're in a role where you're happy. If somebody comes and offers you $40,000 more, all of a sudden your interest could potentially change, right? doesn't mean that you're unhappy. It just means that money talks. And no matter how much money you have for a particular player, there's always going to be somebody that has more or is willing to pay more for that particular person. Because for school, that might be the one missing piece that they need. And you say, hey, we can give you $100,000. And all of a sudden, a school that's missing a defensive tackle might say, hey, Gervon, you know, here's $250,000. And at some point in time, you've got to figure out is that worth the money or not, right? I'm not saying that he is or not saying that he isn't. That's just going to happen. And so I'm starting to see that start to percolate a little bit into NIL. So when Nick Saban, in my opinion, talks a little bit about it's out of control, I think that that's a big part of it as well. Obviously, they're throwing astronomical numbers at players, and there's going to be players now or recruits now that um, reap benefits that I don't always think that the money is always going to be necessarily this high or there might be more stipulation about or uh, more stipulations behind it. But I do think you're starting to see this uh, almost job market um, you know, trend hit uh, college athletes, and I'm curious to see how it, it ultimately does shake out. Right. And does a player transfer for maybe not as good of a school because they are making significantly more money and they can go and I mean, maybe be a star at that school? I mean, check out what uh what Mims Mims pretty much tested the free agent market like a like a pro player. Went on went on a visit to Tallahassee, had them uh have the whole city of Tallahassee greet him, uh, give him the key to the city, uh kissed a few babies. Um He's ready to take over the capital. And then Georgia supposedly got some big NIL deal. And he's back in Athens, right? Mm -hmm. um, kids could do that. If you're a five-star backup, you could go take visits uh, a few campuses and, and see what those NIL offers look like, those campuses look like, and, and, and you know, weigh, weigh your decisions. Mm -hmm. Again. It's, it's <laughs> recruiting, recruiting doesn't end. Recruiting Never doesn't end with the, uh, with the uh, – They got to adjust. NLI. Now they gotta adjust. That's just too wild that, that a player could jump in the portal like that, wear the options, and then just go back to school. Um, there's no way they keep that like that. I love it. Right. I hope it stays like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm pro players. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's just too much power for the players. And I think they're gonna have to draw some guidelines here in a minute. Yeah, no, I think that we're gonna I think we're gonna start to see that. I don't know when, you know, because all of this right now is you know, done by state legislatures and a lot of state legislatures like Florida are only in session for 
a couple of months unless you you hop into a session, uh, you know, a special session. But I don't see a lot of special sessions happening around NIL. So I'm, I'm curious. And I think a lot of this is going to be, get, you know, some of this law is going to get determined by the courts. And then some of it is going to be determined by some of these state legislatures trying to figure it out. But right now it is very, very wild, wild west. And, um, you know, I don't know if there's <laughs> there's much more that, that we can say or do about it other than kind of sit back and watch. Um, I do think that the Gator Guard is great. I think that it's going to try to attract a different donor base, which is great. There's there's room for everybody uh, at the end. Um, you know, shout out to what they've been able to do with the Gator Collective. There's a few other organizations as well. But to have Hugh, who I think earlier last week or maybe it was the week before, also announced that he was going to donate $12 million to the University Athletic Department to come around and give another million dollars and bring in a group of his friends that will probably attract other friends at that level um, to probably provide a, a different level of access is certainly uh, going to be something to watch. And it's good to be on this side of it rather than um, begging for NIL money. So we could send our offense coordinator cigars for a player that didn't commit. Yeah, man, I got to gotta have a, I have an owner's meeting with TJ about that type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what kind of cigars is he signing him? Gee, that was an expensive box of cigars. Um, you imagine donating to a cigar fund and a little, little about a player you're about to get, right? And then, like, or you think you're about to get, and then it just falls through. <laughs> TJ was oh, big. TJ was big mad at Warchamp for for a while. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's that Florida State media beef is weird, man. I don't know what they got going on on that side. We get around. We get along around here. Everybody's cool. We we cooling, right? No beef on the Gator side. Everybody, everybody straight, right? Uh, for the most part, I think you beef with a couple people, but other than that, like <laughs> I'll be for any writers. Oh, oh yeah, a few. A few but then we don't. <laughs> I don't beef with any. Yeah. No, oh, not me yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, me not personally. It's not personal. Man. No, no, no. I don't. No. I don't beef. I'm talking about the Gator, us as a group. Yeah, we have a few. Mm. We have a few uh, people that that report around here that we we getting the hell up out of here if they uh, send out the wrong tweets. But I, I don't have any beef with anybody. It's all love, man. All Except love. for charts, charts. Yeah, for every block. <laughs> but everybody else, I ain't got no problem with, man. Oh man. Um, <laughs> It's nuts. Um, so I do want to get into Billy Napier's comments uh, at the Tampa Gator Club. Before we do that, let's give a quick hello to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Uh, use uh, promo code Stadium at checkout if you're looking for a vacuum seal cup. 350 different schools, a bunch of golfers and NFLPA. Uh, you can get some customized stuff as well. GameTimeSidekicks.com. If you're using a Yeti, if you're using some of the other uh, Ozark brand, I think is, is the Walmart one. Uh, do check, take a look at game time sidekicks, uh, really fantastic product holds up. Well, uh, I've been using mine for a year, no nicks or dings in it. Um, keeping my cups cool, uh, drinks cool and hot depending on the weather. So game time sidekicks.com promo code stadium. I had the distinct opportunity. Shout out to uh, my friend, Rick, uh, always been a big fan of Rick. He uh, got me the opportunity to listen to Billy Napier uh, speak at the media session uh, before the Tampa Gator Club event uh, and then to speak to the large group. So a couple of uh, quotes that I do want to um, uh, bring up here. Um, one of the things that he uh, talked a lot about, and this is just going to kind of be just more reciting uh, some of his comments, 
the big message is we want to run a first class organization with integrity. We've empowered a lot of great people. Uh, we've we've tried to create life changing opportunities, not just about football, but it's about creating an experience. And a lot of that had to do with the Gator Made program, and a lot of that had to do with the the fact that you know for three, four, five, six years, however long it may be, that a student's at the University of Florida, he wants to be able to prepare students. Uh, to not only be successful in the football field, but in the classroom uh, and then life outside of the classroom and after uh, sports as well. So he talked extensively uh, about Savannah and about Marcus and a few of the other folks, Vernell Brown, that are a part of that Gator Made program uh, and what they're trying to do, resume writing, internship opportunities, and mock interviews and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of his presentation to not only the media, uh, but to the uh, fans that were there uh, in attendance was very much about building the brand of the University of Florida uh, football program, not just being about playing football, but also, uh, you know, really focusing on on building better men, which I thought was great. Uh, talked a lot of system and routine stuff. Uh, he did say the Gator Made program equips and educates student athletes for a new era. Uh, he did talk a lot about NFL. I always said there's a lot of positives for name image likeness, including experience with taxes, networking, uh, working, engaging, uh, having conversation and, and articulating yourself um, and that their intention is to equip all of their players with a, a year round curriculum. Uh, he did talk about Anthony Richardson. Uh, he mentioned that uh, you play quarterback at the University of Florida. You're the standard bearer for the team. Uh, Anthony has taken complete ownership. Nick wrote an article, a great article about him after the conversation uh, that he had with Anthony Richardson. But he said, we've disciplined him, and he knows there's consequences with mistakes come an opportunity for growth, which I thought was a great quote. Um, let's see. Uh, talked a lot about running a first-class organization with integrity. Um, let's see. Uh, he did when going back to NIL, sorry, I know this is all over the place, but, uh, we're in an adjustment phase regarding name image likeness. We're trying to solve it as we move forward. We've got to be competitive. Name image likeness is a factor in recruiting without NIL. And I thought this was interesting. He said, I would still be at the university of Louisiana because I could be who I am. Uh, one of the reasons uh, I'm here is because of NIL, which I thought was an interesting quote. Um, he said, NIL levels the playing field. Um, and, you know, he goes on to, to talk about that. But I did think that that was an interesting quote, um, you know, coming, you know, and leaving your old job because, you know, you feel like NIL will level the higher level of um, of the playing field. You know, just thought, you know, more, more so than anything, uh, it was interesting. Um, let's see. He mentioned uh, somebody uh, in the crowd kind of asked about a commitment. He didn't mention him by name, but it was – Back when Tyree Patterson uh, committed, um, he said, we just had a good young man commit, and we're going to look back and say that was a good take. Um, of course, he's going to say that, but did think it was nice for him to go out on a, on a, a special limb to mention that. Uh, he also said that we have some positions uh, where we have to stay healthy. We've got a good group of ones uh, and a couple good twos out there. Um, we're going to need to be aggressive in the transfer portal. Uh, and then finally, this got, I think, the loudest cheer of the night. Um, Paul Feinbaum had some things about he thinking, uh, him thinking that Florida was going to really struggle this year. Um, and he said, I could, I know it's couldn't, but I could care less what Paul Feinbaum says. We've got a great group of individuals here. So all in all, um, thought Billy Napier did really well, uh, dressed the part, looked great. Um, and, um, 
Hong Kong, Hong Kong Adrian. What's his name? Uh, uh, Andy, Hong Kong Andy. <laughs> Hong Kong Adrian. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many Adrians there are in Hong Kong. There might be a few. So shout out if you're listening in Hong Kong. <laughs> Nobody thought like there were Andes in uh, Hong Kong. So well, you so guy. I hate to disappoint you. I do not think his legal birth name is is Andy or Andrew. <laughs> um, what? No. Are you sure, Daniel? I um, it's like the call center thing, man. When you, when, you, when the guy from Hong Kong answered, he's like, My name's Tom. You're like, Yeah, right, <laughs> just not sure that it is. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I know what Tom when I hear one. <laughs> um, Nick, I think you know, I'm curious to know your thoughts are uh, definitely a football coach, though. A uh, lot of coach speak. Um, he spoke for our. I think I was looking at the clock around 28 minutes and that left him with 32 minutes for questions uh, and five total questions got answered. And one of them got answered in about a sentence or two. Uh, so definitely a bit of a, um, you just got a lot of words, I guess. He's a hand talker um, too. Very much a hand talker. Very big hand talker. He, uh, after practice too, he'll like uncap his Gatorade. Mm. And take a sip, and then he doesn't put the cap back on. And I'm like sitting there staring at he's the like baby Nick Saban, like, bro. Like his mannerisms, is, yeah. Like, you, know, you watch the Kobe videos and like in Jordan, and their mannerisms yeah. are so close together of like the like the most subtle things. Same I watched one too that was Vince like, Carter. It was like it was like Jordan and then Vince Carter back to back. It was just like the same stuff. But yeah, he's uh Nick Saban does the you know he's he. He, end, yeah, he ends model, ending right? a sentence with a period. He ends it with Ike. Yeah, yeah. Napier's Billy definitely Napier, Ike Billy Napier goes yeah. right. 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 Um, well, he does it. He does Ike's too. Ike's. 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 That's a, a North Georgia thing, I, I'm guessing. Um, he, he's a very intentional. He's talked slow. Um, he, he's got a kind of a, a, a flat line to his mm -hmm. to his demeanor. Um but I, he, he, I think Calmness. he is very intentional. I would say flat line. Calmness, man. That's a better word. I, I flat line, I mean, the guy's dead, Nick. <laughs> no, it's, he's not sitting there. Right, he's, he's not sitting there. I'm going to sign the silk here. I'm going to sign the silk on this man. Yeah. It's the murder show. We're just it's a calmness people. that yeah. I like, but yeah, um, flat line sounds crazy. Corey killed Sinbad. Nick killed Billy Napier. He killed the coach, <laughs> so it was more beef for him. Oh man, they're gonna be coming for me like Matt Baker. I didn't kill Billy Napier. Nick, they're already coming for you. Yeah, bro. Last I week, bro, you, you negative ne negative Nicholas, man. Watch, just run through the schedule. Just had six it. wins, man. That's disrespectful. I did not. I did not. Yeah, you did. You, Brandon, and, and you coerced. Coerced. Why is it coerced or coerced? Coerced. 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 That word. To our guess is what you did, Nick. Yeah, you did. You, I you said, hey, up. you're throwing out a lot of eight wins for teams like Missouri and South Carolina. What does that mean for Florida? Oh, and that we, means we they not the getting eight board. wins. That means South Carolina, Missouri not getting eight wins is what that means. He's just mistaking some things. Because okay, if we got to decide uh, between Florida and South Carolina or Missouri getting eight wins, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be us, man. Well, Marcelo picked South Carolina to beat Florida. I said seven wins, seven and five is pretty realistic. Eight wins, I think, is a really good season. He probably needs to jump off that sinking ship then. Ship is sinking. Nick, um, um, I do want to ask you about that take. We didn't really get a, 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 a super long chance to talk about it last week, and the internet was obviously a fury with your, with your take. Um, you so, think the biggest deficiencies for Florida next season are – obviously, I know you're going to say hard schedule, but your biggest deficiencies you think are, are what for this team? Receivers better than he thought already, right? Mm-hmm. 
You lie a little bit about receiver. You scared the shit out of people. I'm, I, I think you're. I think Florida's still going going to look for a slot receiver in the transfer portal. I so believe they're I, they're looking at one from Arizona State, if I'm, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think I think unless Alabama offers, uh, that that will be a a Gator commit. Um, think Bama want him here. too. Listen, bro, Bama Bama is in the position oh where it's just like God, I want bro. people just so they're not on other rosters, and we'll put no, him eighth on our receiver. depth chart. They're done with receiver. Their, their, their receiver room is crazy, and they just named, they just added a beast. There's no way they have to discuss. I don't think about Bama is going to offer, but I think if Bama were to offer, that would be where the commitment would go. Um, so, am I wrong saying I don't think the receiver room is good if the coaching staff is actively trying to make the room better? Oh no, it could be better. I just don't think it's bad as you say. I don't. I'm not saying it's elite or great or anything. Uh, but you called it one of the worst receiver rooms we've we've had some way. I thought about I, you said that. I thought about the wide receiver rooms we had, man. And you, yeah, bro, you tried the boys. Stop disrespecting Ahmad Fullwood. I know you were going. Ahmad Fullwood, CJ Warden, but we had some. Oh my bro, god, CJ Warden. Are two names I have not thought the about. If people thought that CJ Warden was the next West Welker. Oh my god, Vari led that hive, man. Kiss the baby. Kiss the baby would have been great at Florida. Uh, if he just, you know, wouldn't let his hands fly and, and didn't, wasn't a midtown maniac. Um, he had the potential. I don't, I don't think he did. <laughs> had the potential. See, I'm just not sure. Not sure that he Shout did. Shout out to CJ Wharton. Where are you at, man? What are you doing now? Yeah, uh, I, want, I want to shoot some content with uh, guys like that. CJ Wharton would be a good conversation for sure. Uh, <laughs> Nick, how, how, how are we feeling about that, that wide receiver transfer? We feel good about him. He coming up for a visit, correct? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be here on a visit. Um, I think I think Florida should feel good um, about landing him. Um, also, to me, it's uh, I think what other other positions? I think you need some help at, at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. I think you're gonna need help at uh, maybe safety for next year. Um, I say that cautiously because I, I think. The, obviously, Kamari Wilson is getting first team reps in the spring game or, or reps with the first team. So they clearly think he's going to be a good player. Uh, Corey Collier is going into his redshirt sophomore year or redshirt freshman year, excuse me. Um, so you've got guys there, but I think we find get, safety. I think we're okay at safety. I think you, you might, I think they might be looking for an older safety who could start next year and maybe bridge the gap if a Corey Collier isn't ready next year to start. Right. Um, I would like and to see I think I, middle I, linebacker. You might need help. A middle linebacker. Yeah. You got Derek Wingo, a guy who is that's the first time he's playing middle linebacker. Yeah. They some promise though. Like they had good springs. So I don't think we need that's a need. It got some still who? some unknowns from the for the fall, but I thought they all looked good. Uh and I wasn't worried about that room after what I saw in the spring. You think we need to still add a, a veteran linebacker? Here's a little peek. I tell my I tell my friends <clears throat> who are Michigan fans because they get all hype in, in spring. I'm like, nobody has a bad spring. You're, mm, you're, spring yeah. spring is time. Like the stories that we write. That, <laughs> <laughs> there's always an outlier. Bad spring. There's always an outlier. We've had some um, bad springs. I don't know what you're talking about. We've had yeah. some terrible spring, springs. Springs is, springs a time where like you write good stories. Everyone is 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 playing well. Everyone's having like Rick Wells. I, I wrote many Rick Wells stories in the spring. Yeah, that's your um, job. But I'm saying we've had bad springs. You got to sensationalize some things to get some clicks. I get it. But <laughs> we've had some springs, man. Where it's just like, yo, Do we had springs where we didn't even have a game because we didn't have enough offensive linemen. Correct, right? like. 
we we've yes, there is more feel good stories during the spring than not, right? But I I do feel like there should be more confidence about this team after and spring than there was before. But tape is tape, so you can right. watch a linebacker loss and, and guessing on, on 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 downs, and you can tell he don't know what the hell he's doing in, in run or pass situations. Uh, just from rewatching the spring game, I thought the linebackers was, was we're gonna be okay at linebacker. We're very athletic. Um, they look like they with the shits. They know what they're doing. I like the way these guys. We didn't blitz a lot, so we don't get to see these guys really downhill mm-hmm. and attacking because it's a spring game. But but from a just from a fundamental and, and foundation standpoint, I like what I've seen at linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna be all right. And DeWan Black is 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 tweeting all type of wild captions, man. I just keep telling him, boy, you keep tweeting these captions. I need to see some action. What's he tweeting? He's tweeting like he's about What's to be the next. Like he about to win the buckets or something. He's talking reckless. He's talking crazy. I don't know. I'm not gonna say he's talking crazy. <laughs> he's he feeling good, man. Yeah. He's feeling good. He should feel he's good. He's a great athlete, man. But I, I, you know, everybody tweet, everybody talk. I want to see him make some shit happen, man. He got a lot of ability. Um, but I like what I saw from him in the spring game. I like mm-hmm. what I saw from Wingo. I like what I saw from even Bernie. Um, I, you know, I know people not gonna like that, but um, coaching coaching does a lot, bro. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I like Mike P. Yeah, and uh, keep, keep going on your list, Nick. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut. Something Jay off. Bateman said about uh, Bernie that that we oh, haven't really Bateman. talked about. I mean, like he came in and Bernie's played like outside linebacker, middle linebacker, star, and came in as a safety. It was a safety as a mm-hmm. freshman, so he's kind of been moved all around. And Bateman said, you know, I, I think that's even unfair. Like to me, and, and Bateman obviously doesn't know what Bernie looked like when he came in 18 years old as a freshman, but he's like, this is a middle linebacker. And I think he's probably moved around um, unfairly. And, and that mm-hmm. while a lot of guys will tell you, Hey, I like that I've played multiple positions. Cause that, that goes on film and, and will help me in the NFL. Um, it can also hurt your development. If you're playing other positions that you shouldn't be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that there's not a lot of love, uh, for Amari Bernie, I could I could see that every time I, I released a depth chart, and it was Amari Bernie and, and Ventro Miller, and people uh, were not super happy about that. Um, but uh, it's I, th- I think he is a good player. He had a good spring. Hmm. I do want to go over some spring awards before we do that. Let's give a uh, a shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit them homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale and get. 15% off of your order. They are releasing a bunch of new schools in the next few weeks. They are going to be doing uh, their big, uh, big new Saturday season four starting on May 21st. Uh, but a lot of new things, Colorado, Xavier, West Virginia, Houston, Fairfield, and then a bunch of new schools uh, that will be following in May. Um, so, Still a lot of Florida Gator stuff on there, but if you are looking for the best vintage college apparel out there, go visit homefieldapparel.com and use promo code stadium and Gale, all one word. Uh, the Florida Gators football account announced all of their spring uh, ball 2022 awards uh, with a bunch of different uh, former Gators that they named them after. So I want to give uh, a quick um, shout out to all of these guys. The Channing Crowder uh, Headhunter Award goes to Dewan Black, Ethan White, Jaquavion Frazier's, and Jordan Young. Any thoughts on any of those guys for the Channing Crowder Headhunter Award? 
Uh, sounds like targeting. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be like the guy that get. That's the guy for targeting. If if there was ever so thing, uh, how did they come up with these awards? I I don't. This is um, I don't know. So I, this never is heard um, this before. It's it's interesting because we had um, talk, had a chance to talk to Steve Spurrier, um, and it's something we talked to him right before the spring game. And it's something that he did when he was at Florida, and and he thought it was they did the exact same thing. It was halftime of the spring game. Um, they would give all these awards. And there's a lot of guys like, listen, like Kingsley Egukon is a starter. He's going to be like a three-year starter by the time he's done at Florida. Um, uh, you know, a, a guy like Gravon Dexter getting the defensive lineman award, he's going to get not the there, awards. Yeah. But, there, but there's a lot of, <laughs> but there's a lot of walk-ons or guys that won't have their name in headlines. And it's an opportunity for them to get acknowledged in front of a crowd Um for their efforts in practice and something Spurrier said he loved doing. And I think that Billy Napier is doing a lot of things that Steve Spurrier did. Um, that being one of them, Steve Spurrier told me that um, the winner of the spring game would get a steak dinner. The loser would get beans. And then sure enough, the winners of the, <laughs> the winners of the spring game had lobster, mac and cheese, uh, New York strips, Crab legs, all the fixings, and and the losers had. They looked like Hawaiian rolls, uh, which is a nice touch, but it was like cocktail weenies and beans, and that was their dinner. So mm. he's doing a lot of things that Steve Spurrier did, um, and, and I just don't know if it's things that were like publicized that Spurrier did or things that maybe today's fan knows that Spurrier did. Um, but there's a lot of like callback to uh, the Steve Spurrier era from Billy Napier. Yeah, I don't know if it was public. We didn't have Twitter back then, so um, probably obviously good for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, Elon Musk's new Twitter. Um, so we got the uh, Chris Doering "I Like to Practice" award. Um, never knew that Chris Doering was a big practice fan, but uh, hey, good to know. Uh, goes to Justin Shorter, Donovan McMillan, Tyreek Sapp, and Dejon Reynolds. Um, Nick, know anything about this award, or is this just uh, people that were happy every day to go to practice? Just uh, coming to practice with a good attitude. Yeah. No Allen Iverson on that list. Um, no, not on that list. It's not the Allen Iverson practice award. <laughs> it's not the Allen Iverson practice award. Um, the I mean, Jack Iverson Young Iverson is right. It is just practice. It is. It's not a game. It's not, um, <laughs> it's not bro. Like, it's a practice all Americans, bro. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Jack Youngblood Defensive Lineman Award uh, goes to Gervon Dexter. The Lomas Brown Offensive Line Award goes to Kingsley Egwukan. The Joe Hayden Defensive Back Award goes to Trevez Johnson and Jason Marshall. Um, this one's interesting. The Emmett Smith Running Back Award. Uh, goes to Montreal Johnson. Are you guys surprised by that? No, I mean he don't want to play the whole game. Playing with both teams, I mean he's probably the MVP the of the whole game, bro. He was swapping the uniforms and whatnot. A kid gonna be good. Yeah, no, kid I'm excited to excited to see good. him. These guys uh, got eyeball some talent, man. I'm gonna tell you that uh, mm -hmm. the guys they had transfer over from Louisiana, um, they could play in the SEC, the SEC caliber guys. Um, so they got eyeball some talent. Absolutely. Uh, the Danny Werfel Most Improved Award goes to Dante Zanders, which I think is is very much a given. Michael Tarquin, Derek Wingo, Jaden Hill, and Princely Uman Milan. Uh, I think a lot of people are excited to see every single one of those 
uh, folks this year, and, and all of them will definitely be, uh, be needed. Um, Jane Hill coming off injury, uh, Princely coming back and taking a, a new defensive end spot. Dante Zanders with a huge opportunity at tight end. Michael Tarquin obviously trying to fill out the rest of this offensive line. And Derek Wingo uh, spoke about him about five minutes ago there. And at linebacker, uh, the Tim Tebow Leadership Award goes to Rashard Torrance. Uh, Marco Ortiz, we got our first walk on. Um, who is Marco Ortiz, Nick? Do you know off the top of your head? Marco Ortiz is a former walk-on, long snapper, oh, yes. um, and shout-out to him. He just got engaged over the weekend. Oh, shout-out to him. Shout-out to him. Um, so if my numbers are correct, Florida has two scholarship long snappers, correct? Uh, yes. Currently. Okay. Um, Trent yes. Winnemore and Naquan Wright um, on there for the Tim Tebow Leadership Award. Good to see Naquan on there after being out for practice or out of practice this spring. Uh, the coach are the uh, Vernell Brown Culture Award, Amari Bernie, Antoine Powell Ryland, uh, Jeremy Crawshaw, Nick's favorite, uh, Richard Garage, and Desmond Watson. And the Riedel Anthony Receiver Award goes to Xavier Henderson, a guy that we didn't hear a ton about uh, during practice this season, but obviously uh, did a great job in the coach's eyes. Almost there, guys. The Wilbur Marshall Linebacker Award goes to Ventral Miller. The Community Service Award goes to Chief Borders and Josh Braun. The Steve Spurrier, I did not know this is this many uh, awards. Uh, the Steve Spurrier Commitment to Excellence Award goes to Trey Dean, Osiris Torrance, Brenton Cox Jr., and Lorenzo Lingard, all four players that are absolutely going to be relied on heavily this year. Uh, the Lewis Oliver, who we're working on again on Stadium and Gale, Outstanding Non-Scholarship Player Award goes to Adam Milak, Noah Keeter, Khalil Sorry, Jackson, Say what? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, Justin Curtis, Mark Pitts, Justin Pelick, and Taylor Spearto. And the Fred Taylor uh, Most Improved Freshman Award. That's two Belglies back to back. Two Belglies awards back to back. They did it for you, baby. Um, (laughs) Is the Silk Award next? (laughs) The Silk Award is next. Biggest right, internet bet. troll. Um, you're much more than that these days. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm trying. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think on the team who we'll give that to, man. Um, this is the house that trolling built, man. I don't it is. This is the house that trolling built, bro. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, what, who on the team is a great troller? I think about it. I come back to you at the end. By the end of the show, I'll give you a guy for my right. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, the most improved freshman award, Jack Miller. Um, Nick, Jack Miller is considered a freshman. Uh, probably getting into some like weird COVID stuff there. Uh, okay. I think redshirt freshman. Okay, with with an extra year, I gotcha. Um, Cameron Waits, the transfer from Louisiana. Uh, Justice Boone, who I know a lot of players are, a lot of players and coaches are very bullish on. Austin Barber, Devin Moore, which is the the only freshman of this new class, and Jeremiah Scooby Williams. Um, so congratulations to all of those young men. I'm gonna give Scoob. Scoob's back in my. I'm gonna give Scoob it, man. Scoob got my. He's, he's, he's a bit of a troll on Twitter, man. Uh, I give Scoob's my uh, Silk Troll Player of the Year so far right now, man. Spring edition. Scoob's very good. Um, 
what uh, we we have a, a live announcement that's happened during the show. Not huge, but uh, Chris Howard, Gators walk-on kicker, um, has decided that he will be entering the transfer portal. Um, so what say you, Nick? Um, six-year guy. I think he was a uh, former walk-on. Um, I'm not sure if he was on scholarship. I think he I, was. I don't think he was, but I, I, I could maybe be not. But I mean, at this point, you're you're graduated. Um, he's got one year to play. He will use his COVID free year next year for a sixth and final year. He appeared nine games last year, four for four, an extra point, um, and I think one for one. P. I don't know how many PATs. Um, but an honor roll guy has a degree from the University of Florida, so good for him. Um, hopefully, he finds a home and has somewhere to kick footballs in 2022. Yeah, if you're a six-year yeah. kicker, man, just go go travel, bro. Go yeah, go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, check out some new cheeks, man. Check the scenery. Why not? I wonder if he's just going to go to whatever the best school is to, to help him finish his master's degree, you know? This yeah. is where yeah. I start to look at your, your happy medium and your of, Wake Forests and your Stanford. Yeah, that's, that's not all right. That's not all right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that news let's see we need to shout out two more sponsors uh, alumni hall go visit them alumni hall.com i uh, use promo code hold on i think it's sg20 uh at scroll right under you sg20 yeah scrolling right under me and there it goes sg20 at checkout you'll get 20 percent off of your order from now until june 15th even if it's not U.S. stuff, I think Alumni Hall represents about 18 different schools, so I can use that at checkout as well. Uh, again, promo code SG20 for 20% off of your orders at Alumni yeah. Hall until June 15th. Y'all holler at them people before June 15th, man. I got a tape if y'all got time real quick. Yeah, we, we got time. Uh, I think the staff should have put more importance and more emphasis uh, when they got here recruiting on Jaden Gibson, considering what our wide receiver room looked like, uh, he's Gator pretty much blood, and, and what he just did in the spring game. Um, and I'm not going to harp on this anymore, but I think that was just uh, – I think he should have just been just chased a little bit harder. Um, but shout out to Jaden Gibson. He had a good spring game. That's my take. You didn't need to chase him. You just need to call him. Once. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Yeah, I'm glad you said it, Nick. But I, he was. I thought he was. I said when he, they didn't retain him, I thought he was a special talent. Uh, I don't. I didn't get that. Just a, a blue chip type player. Um, I thought he should have been chased, and, and just he should have felt how important he was, considering what our wide receiver room was, uh, what Jacob Copeland, what his mind was at at the time. Uh, I, mean, I mean, life goes on, but I do want to acknowledge that. That kid got players transferring out of Oklahoma. Why is he just hitting the portal right now because of him? He's fresh on campus. Yeah, no, I, I think that we talked about it in uh, December. Uh, but Jaden Gibson, in my opinion, is was one of the best wide receivers of this class, and it was um, as disappointing to not see him in the class. I know that he wanted to play at the University of Florida, uh, so I, I think that he's going to be a great player. Um, it would have been great, especially considering you know, where Florida's depth is at wide receiver and being able to have a guy like him potentially step up, you know, whether it be as a freshman or definitely as a sophomore and junior. Uh, but that kid's going to be very good at Oklahoma. And it was it was definitely um, somewhat sad to see him go, what was it, 94 yards on that uh, 
on that touchdown. So but <laughs> the moment yeah, of silence. No, no, there, Dan. Nick, I was waiting, I was waiting for your take. But <clears throat> moment um, of silence. Yeah, moment of silence for Jaden Gibson. Didn't die, not killing anybody like Nick and, and Silk did today, but uh but definitely a uh, a good player. Uh, let's see. I believe the Gators also uh, grabbed a preferred walk-on today, a uh, kid by the name of Cruz Rushing. Uh, he's a three-star defensive back. Um, he's going to be, like I said, a preferred walk-on. He's also the older brother to 2024 legacy uh, Elijah Rushing. So um, seems to be a good player. Like I said, was a three-star, so uh, certainly will be interesting uh, to see if he has an opportunity to play at the University of Florida, but always welcome our preferred walk-ons to the University of Florida. His dad, I believe, was in Steve Spurrier's first recruiting class at the University of Florida, so welcome to Gator Nation, uh, Cruz Rushing. I uh, also want to um, congratulate uh, men's tennis who took down Kentucky uh, four to zero uh, in men's tennis, winning the SEC title for the second year in a row, uh, currently ranked number three in the country um, and will be on track to be competing for another back-to-back -back national championship. So congratulations to them. And then also congratulations to the women's lacrosse program that won their 11th consecutive AAC conference title. I believe that's every year they've been in um existence so uh that's a pretty neat honor uh, for amanda and her team um at the university of florida women's lacrosse program any other topics of conversation nick i know you want to talk a little bit baseball uh no not really um florida's yeah, got same issue right just bullpen and yeah. Um, leads and yeah. So like, listen, Tennessee is really good. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. They're 17 and one in the sec. Um, the only team they didn't, they haven't swept this year is Alabama. Um, Saturday, Friday night was a story I've seen a bunch of times now where um, somebody, you know, it's just one bad inning, you know, the Tuesday at FSU, you give up five runs in the second and you only allow three hits the rest of the game. Um, Friday against Tennessee was seven runs in um, seven runs in the second inning, and, and then it's a really competitive game after that. But at that point, it's seven to nothing. Um, and, and Saturday, uh, Saturday, you, you know, you get a great start from Brandon Sprout, and, and kind of just the bullpen falls apart. Uh, you're you're literally one out away from winning on Sunday, and and you give up three runs um, to force extras in the ninth. Um, so it, it's, it's been an issue with the bullpen. Um, it, the problem is that this team just seems to find ways to lose games. Um, the big thing right now with Florida is, and, and I pushed back against people all year saying, you know, this team's not going to make the tournament. Well, now Florida's 6-12 and 12 in the SEC. I think you need to get to 13 wins. So you only have 12 more games. You only have, yeah, you only have 12 more games. Um, four more SEC series, so you need to win seven of those twelve games to get to thirteen. Um, and and the schedule does get easier. You have Kentucky this week uh, at Mississippi State, Missouri at Missouri, and then South Carolina at home. Um, there are seven wins in there, um, but I've seen 
you know, this Florida team lose games that they shouldn't lose or find ways to lose games that, that they were winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's tough. You're, you're not going to have Hunter Barco. You're fighting that guy the rest of the year um, with elbow discomfort. Not sure if he is going to need Tommy John surgery, but uh, that would be pretty devastating for him considering he is uh, a, a high level major league baseball uh, draft prospect coming up this year. So, uh, hoping the best for him. Hopefully they, it doesn't need surgery and it's just, you know, uh, a precaution for him and the rest of his career. Uh, but Florida's going to have to move move the pitching staff around. Brandon Sprout's going to be your Friday night guy now. Um, Brandon Neely, who's a freshman, um, he carried a, a no-hitter against Tennessee for six and a third innings, uh, pitched incredibly, uh, set a career high for strikeouts with eight, and innings pitched with seven-plus. Um and doesn't factor in the decision on Sunday. He'll be on Saturday, and then the Sunday guy moving forward is going to be, you know, uh, might be Johnny Holstaff, and, and I don't know who will pitch on Sundays. We're going to have to try to figure that out. So it uh, it's certainly not the best situation for Florida. It's the worst SEC start um, in Kevin O'Sullivan's 15 years, um, and it's uh, it's been a weird year for me because I, I think Florida is significantly more talented Um than what they're putting out in the field and what their record shows. Hmm. Sad and disappointing. Uh, women's uh, softball was also swept this weekend. Nick, I think you and I were talking about it before the show. The first time this has happened since 2006 that both men's and women's are both uh, men's uh, baseball and, uh, and softball were um, swept at home. the same weekend. Yeah. At home. So which would have been Tim Walton's, First year, and uh, Kevin O'Sullivan was uh, still at Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, and definitely sad. Um, last thing before we get into Manscaped ad read, NFL.com uh, put out a mock draft. Again, this is one of hundreds, if not thousands, of mock drafts that are out there. But with the draft on Thursday of this week, uh, they have Kyer Elam going number 27. Uh, over our 27th overall, pardon me, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, which would be certainly uh, close to home for him. Uh, Damian Pierce, um, they have him going all the way to, to round five, uh, pick 153 to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think that'd be a great fit for him. Uh, Zach Carter, um, also in the fifth round at pick 170 to the New England Patriots. Uh, and then they have Jeremiah Moon, at pick 236 in the seventh round. Obviously, a lot of mock drafts. We don't know what these teams are thinking, but certainly, um, you know, are those are the, those are probably the four biggest names to look out for on draft night. Um, Silk, your Jaguars have the first pick. Who do you think they're taking? It's a lot of it's a lot of disputes, man. I don't I don't even really care, uh, Dan. Yeah. That's where I'm at. With. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, I don't really care. You know. It's tough. Does, Bro, does this just seeing this this Urban Meyer uh, uh, shenanigans just 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 took me more into like uh, the owner. I just think we need a new owner, bro. I'm not I'm just not believing this guy. Know what the hell he's doing? Um, the culture is off. You no, know, um, if they don't figure it out this time, I wouldn't mind if they just going across the pond. That's mm. my take. Um, it's not, it's just, they, they just need new ownership, man. I'm not feeling. I don't care who they draft right now. The coach. I'm not, I'm not just feeling the organization from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not invested in the draft. They're, they're, I think they're split on that right now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of names being thrown out there. Uh, in my opinion, this seems like one of the, the least hyped NFL drafts we've had in what I think is a very long time. Would you guys agree? It just doesn't seem like the top-end talent is. Probably also, though, Dan, us being yeah. Dolphins fans and, and having, what, no picks until, like, the third? Well, we got Tyreek Hill as my first and second round pick, so I'm okay with that. Your first and our first and second round pick. Yeah, I'll take Tyreek Hill against what the Dolphins would have drafted in in this draft for sure. In this draft for sure. Yes, at pick 29 and pick 50, I like Tyreek Hill better than whoever Chris Greer would have drafted. Yes. Wild that he's still the GM. Yeah, definitely. But killing people and firing people. What a show. Yeah, all in all in one fell swoop. <laughs> Snoke, why don't you take us out with a manscaped ad read? And uh, Nick, you have the song of the week, I believe. Shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. Be sure to use coupon code 20SG at checkout for 20% off. It's officially um, ball sweating season out here in these streets, man. It's warm. Um, it's April. It's muggy. Slight breeze out, but you better have that ball deodorant on deck before you leave the house in this type of weather, man. It's April. Uh, we stepping into May. Uh, a, a light towel uh, could be used, but Graham, I mean, they, I mean <laughs> Manscaped don't provide the, the towels, um, but they do provide ball deodorant, lawnmower 4.0 which is the best of the best, keep them balls smooth. Uh, they sweat a little better when they're not as hairy, uh, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Uh, use coupon code 20SG at checkout for 20% off. Uh, Whacker. Nick got one of those now. Welcome to the clean nose and the clean ear streets um, and team, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Nick. Oh, man. Welcome's uh, always warm around here, Nick. Nick, take us out with the song of the week, my friend. You've been waiting, man, for so long. You've been like, he hijacked it twice. Yeah. You've been waiting for so long. What, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah, he, let, he let the internet know already. Yeah. It, um, so uh, I was just in the car at a stoplight when Apple Music was like, what's new? Um, uh-huh. Like the album art. So I clicked on it, started listening, just just started bumping him. Listened to the whole album, I think through mm. twice. Yo. Um, text Silk and said, hey, heard of this guy, <laughs> found a new guy for uh, for song of the week. He goes, oh, you've been asleep. You've been sleeping on him. I'm like, oh, I thought he was yeah. new. How do you say the name? Silk responds, I don't know, fam. I got nothing for you. Uh, so I had to bro. do some research for song of the week. Uh, shout out to Big Boy on his radio show. Um, the artist's name is Blast, spelled B-L-X-S-T. That is, uh, that's how you spell Blast. So the song is Couldn't Wait For It, featuring Ricky Rose, Rick Ross. Couldn't Wait For It by Blast. Sounds like a good song. I'm excited for this one for tomorrow. You know Renzel on is going to be fighting. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything Ross puts out is fire. Already. Same corner, same time? Same corner, same time. See you boys next week. Couldn't wait for it, running out of pain storage. We was made for it, now we get it paid for it. Ayy, upstairs with the champagne pouring. 
It's just different when it's a self-made story And I know I got more to prove I wasn't born to lose I can't do mediocre Gotta be go to prove I'ma tell you to walk in them But you can't afford the shoes Settle if you wanna But I gotta be go to prove Oh, I don't really stress over pressure I think big Who am I if I'm taking further than Nip did? Had dreams of being the owner since this big Gotta set the bar even higher and switch gears We don't do this shit for the prize, we affect lives Gotta put that shit to the side, like what's pride? We gon' live forever cause never respect dies You ain't gotta like it, but better respect mine It ain't a question, I thank God I'm blessed with a great squad I'm grateful for truth, mom I promise to make time Circle of great minds No way that we can't shine Believe it, but they gon' love the eagle in due time I notice they gon' knock every mind when we do climb But the real ones looking back on the ground like bout time I'm still forever humble in front is a pound sign they never could doubt mine Forever we outside Couldn't wait for it Running out of pain storage, we was made for it. Now we getting paid for it. Ayy, upstairs with the champagne pour. It's just different when it's a self-made story. And I know I got more to prove. I wasn't born to lose. I can't do mediocre, gotta be go to pro. I would tell you to walk in them, but you can't afford the shoes. Settle if you wanna, but I gotta be go to pro. The love is genuine. Thugs are innocent, compassion and never last. Get in it just like a sentence. I'm pulling up in a bin. Knowing my money straight, they looking out through the tent. Imagine what's in the safe. I blew my new bitch a kiss. Caught it just like a case. Six Cartier's on my wrist. I'm a martyr for modern day. Top down, all I blast is Marvin Gaye. X blast is blast. Got all the ladies. The money get complicated. So we go on vacations. The yacht a million a day. Champagne and PlayStations. Bottles still all black. Clubs still all packed. I'm pulling her by the arm. And trust me, she all that. Trust me, we all rich. Such a small clique. Referred to as the biggest. So must be called shits. Uh, ain't no ceiling cause I put it in the trunk. What's 20 million? I'ma spend that in a month. Couldn't wait for it. Running out of pain storage. We was made for it, now we getting paid for it. Ayy, upstairs with the champagne pour. It's just different when it's a self made story. And I know I got more to prove. I wasn't born to lose. I can't do mediocre, gotta be go to pro. I would tell you to walk in them, but you can't afford the shoes. Settle if you wanna, but I gotta be go to pro. Oh.